Hello and welcome to The Bigger Picture, a podcast where we tell the stories that matter. I'm your host this week, Stephen Perkins. We all know someone who, in some way, has been affected by cancer. For me, it has taken the life of my mother and my uncle, and my grandmother is currently fighting it for a second time. I've also had friends who are either currently fighting it or have previously fought cancer, and despite billions of dollars donated every year to develop new treatments and possible cures, it still remains one of the hardest diseases for medical scientists to study and defeat. This week, I want to shed light onto an individual who has contributed a great deal to the study of cancer and many other diseases far past her death. Her cells were the first immortalized cell lines, and today they continue to serve as one of the most important cell lines used by medical scientists to understand a wide variety of diseases. This week, we're telling the story of Henrietta Lacks. Henrietta Lacks was born Loretta Pleasant in 1920 and spent most of her childhood being raised by her grandfather. As was the case for many black families at that time, Lacks' ancestors were slaves. And by the time she was born, her family worked as tobacco farmers. By age 18, Henrietta had birthed two children, with one experiencing developmental challenges. She would have three more children, giving birth to her last child just four and a half months before being diagnosed with cervical cancer in 1951. Henrietta originally went to the hospital in January of 1951 for what she described as a knot in her womb. Her family thought she was pregnant again, but what doctors found was, as we know, much worse. Because Henrietta was a woman of color in the 1950s, her medical treatment was not as great as it could have been. She was treated at the John Hopkins University Hospital's color ward for under seven months before passing away on October 4th, 1951, at the young age of 31. During that time, doctors targeted the cancer with radiation treatment. In the process of her treatment, they removed two samples of her cervical tissue. The tissue samples eventually wound up in Dr. George Odo Guy's laboratory shortly after Henrietta's death. Dr. Guy quickly realized that Henrietta's cells were different from any other set of cells he had studied up to that point. Instead of dividing up to 40 to 50 times before expiring, like normal cells do, her cells were able to divide seemingly indefinitely without dying off, meaning they could be studied, in theory, forever. This was an incredible observation that Dr. Guy knew would lead to some amazing breakthroughs for decades to come. So he isolated and multiplied the samples, creating what biomedical researchers call a cell line. He named the new line HeLa after Henrietta and began sharing his breakthroughs with the larger medical community. As word got out about this new durable cell line, scientists from all over the country and even the world requested samples for their own research. Dr. Guy was happy to provide both the cells and the strategies that he used in his lab to study them to anyone who requested such. Because of this fact, the cells soon made their way into labs across the world. Dr. Guy wanted to help science, but it's likely he had no idea just how effective these cells would be at helping researchers understand 
all sorts of diseases. Indeed, they were extremely helpful. The first huge medical breakthrough was accomplished through the use of the cell line to develop the polio vaccine in 1953, just two years after Henrietta's death. The HeLa cells not only provided the benefit of multiplying quickly, but they also turned out to be easily infected by the polio virus, resulting in scientist Jonas Salk's development of the vaccine. Since then, the cells have been used to study a variety of things, how viruses spread, They've been used to develop the process by which to freeze, culture, clone, isolate, and even fertilize cells. They've been used in AIDS research, and they've even been used to understand the effects of radiation and other treatments. Basically, it's safe to say that they've been used for a lot of really great medical breakthroughs. However, as with all good things, there is a slight problematic caveat, one that hadn't become public knowledge until just really a few years ago. Despite all of the good that came from these HeLa cells, neither Henrietta nor her family members gave the hospital or the lab permission to extract, use, or distribute her cells. At the time, there was no process or requirement that such permission had to be secured. The issue would later come up in the Supreme Court case of Moore versus Regents of University of California, in which the majority opinion stated that an individual's discarded tissues or cells are not property, and could be distributed commercially. In situations like this, the hypotheticals are often thrown around. If she had known, would she have given them permission? Would she have opted for the radiation had she known it would, for example, leave her infertile? Was she treated the way she was because of her skin tone? And were doctors at that time using her as part of an ongoing campaign to perform medical experiments on patients of color? These questions will remain unanswered. However, given the ethical concerns that this story brings about, medical professionals have, since the 1990s, began informing patients when they were participating in experimental research and even allowing them to opt out. Decades after Henrietta's death and before those guidelines of informing patients were created, her children learned about the widespread usage of their mother's cells. Scientists even drew blood samples from them, again without securing consent, her children thought they were being treated for cancer, but in fact, what was actually happening was the continuation of dishonesty against this family. Initially, the media speculated about the identity of the person behind the cells, first identifying the wrong name. Then, after Henrietta was revealed, countless people, from medical scientists to journalists and even con artists, pressured the family with all sorts of requests. Their privacy was almost gone instantly at the same time that they were learning about what had happened to their mother. The HeLa cells do not provide a black and white answer. There is indeed a very gray area when talking about them and their effect. On one hand, they have provided so many invaluable insights into how the human body works, producing countless medical discoveries. Without them, we would likely be set back decades. But on the other hand, was a black woman who had no idea what was going on, and certainly zero idea that fragments of her body were being taken. Her family would be kept in the dark for decades, only to have the spotlight thrusted upon them overnight, stripping them of any privacy they once enjoyed. At the same time, they would be forced to process what all of this new information meant for them while being pressured by all sorts of outside forces. 
And to add a third dimension, the medical industry now actively has to think about how they handle these very sensitive issues. The only true answer is that there are no easy answers. Lack's story and a deeper look at the benefit her cells provided were written about in the best-selling book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Skloot. In 2010, after the book was published and the story gained national attention, John Hopkins University released a statement about the usage of Lacks cells, saying in part that they sincerely acknowledge the contribution to advances in biomedical research made possible by Henrietta Lacks and the HeLa cells. They go on to explain that at the time Henrietta cells were taken, there were no established practices of seeking permission to take tissue from a patient and that the lab that received her cells had arranged to take cells from any cervical cancer patient in an effort to study the disease. Her story is a powerful one for a number of reasons, but perhaps the biggest takeaway I had is that one person can leave behind a legacy much larger than themselves. And sometimes they may not even know that they're doing just that. We should recognize and be thankful for the HeLa cells and all that they've done for modern medicine. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the story as much as I enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to this show on whatever application you use for podcasts. You can follow at Outset Network on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can view all of our other podcasts by going to OutsetNetwork.com. Until next week's episode, thanks for listening. 